Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Crash Rhythm's Play It Forward podcast. This week is uh, pretty awesome because we get to talk to someone who's been a huge mentor for me when it came to starting Crash, and uh, even when I was a child and just like, you know, becoming a drummer, just someone I looked up to that was a drummer and that I thought had the coolest job of all time, and I still think he might, and that's coming from me. (laughs) So please uh, enjoy this interview with Paul Dickinson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Crash Rhythm's Play It Forward podcast. My name is Hillary, and this week we are joined by, um, as I I said in our little pre-talk here, maybe the best music entrepreneur that's ever existed. That's a lot of of pressure, Hillary. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. A lot lot of pressure. Please welcome Paul Dickinson. Hello, everybody. So, Paul, uh, I'll just just give everyone, this is is Paul's big claim to fame, is he is the owner-operator of U-Drum which is a custom drum company right here in our, uh, in Holton neighborhood. So that's amazing. I think Lots so. Of, yeah, it is. It really <laughs> is. Lots of claims to fame, but uh, the real, the real amazing thing is he's been, you know, doing this. Obviously he started it himself, which is something that I relate to with crash rhythm. And when I was getting started with crash, uh, I talked with Paul a lot and got a lot of information from him. Like how do you even start a business in music from, from nothing, right? How do you start from absolutely nothing? And, and where do we go? How do you get people interested? Like, how do you just make a good business that people will want to keep coming back to and good product and, and stuff like that, even though I'm a service and he makes actual products, but there's still a lot of, of crossover. So Paul, mm-hmm. how are you doing? I'm doing, how about yourself? I'm also doing well. Yeah. I've been uh, doing a lot of lessons is kind of the main thing I've been doing right now, but a lot of virtual workshops as well. Yeah. So that's big thing now, eh? Yes, I've I've really um, excelled at my use of technology. Yeah, I think I think in the beginning it kind of threw everybody, but now I don't know. It's it's a thing. People are people are okay with it and comfortable, and I think uh, a lot of information can be shared between student and teacher over the oh, internet. Yeah. right? And 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 like one of the biggest ups of the whole thing is I now have uh, two students who are out west. Oh, great. Right. And they're, you know, they're going to stay my students regardless of of what happens with coming back in person and all that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I never would have even considered it. And I, actually, I did uh, a few years ago. I had someone interested who lived um, like up north of Barrie. Mm-hmm. And so I, tr- I tried to do like a Skype lesson, but like it just wasn't fleshed out very well. And like I didn't really have all the the techniques and the right resources to do it. But when this all happened uh, last year, last spring, it was a uh, March break, right? So I wasn't going to be teaching anyways for a week. And I just took this week of like, okay, what's the way I'm going to do this? How am I going to keep myself organized? Like what's going to make the best product for these kids? Like, how are we going to be able to get, you know, concepts across? Like, how can I use examples if we're not in the same room? Like blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's been working out really well. Well, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we maybe wouldn't work on as much unless we are forced into it. Yes. So, you know what I mean? Like, I think on a lot of levels, like for, you know, our band, we can't go and play in clubs and, and public events. So we started doing, you know, Facebook uh, live streaming. Yeah. And, I've seen some of them. Oh, well, it's great. Well, thank you for watching. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you know, this might shock you, but I love music. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, but the other side of it is, is, you know, we've got people chiming in watching the band from Italy like family right. and friends. So again, it's, you know, initially the whole technology, you know, people probably frowned upon it going, Oh, that's not the way you want to teach a lesson or the way you want to, uh, you know, uh, perform as a band. But 
now it's here. Now it's a thing. And I think there's a lot of positive positivity coming out of it. Now that we've wrapped our heads around it and how it can be done for you, mm. you know, you're now teaching lessons uh, to somebody who couldn't normally come to you in person. So I think it's great. It really is. Honestly, there's been so many, so many positives to take from it. And, uh, and I've said this on the podcast, like a bunch of times, but like really all of the, the negatives or the like, Oh, you know what? A bunch of my students are really going to take steps back with all of this. Um, hasn't really mm-hmm. been the case. Hmm. There's right. only been like two, maybe two students that I've really had to like rework, rethink, but out of like the rest, the other like 20 students, uh, it's, it's been great. Yeah. So I, th- I think yeah. you just, you know, I, we got to wrap our heads around it. Um, and you know, the key is just to take a positive attitude towards it because it's here and it's, for a short while, hopefully this is how we have to do things. And, but again, you know, in the future, moving forward, it might be something, you know, even though things get back to normal and, and people can take lessons in person, you've now acquired a cool student base, again, that wouldn't normally be able to come to you in person. So I think it's yeah, really good. Oh, absolutely. And also the great thing too, is that students um like i've had in the past like students cancel for reasons that are like dang that's such a shame like my, my mom's car broke down or you know like uh, mm-hmm. I'm, you know like my, my parents had to pick up my brother from something and it's just like great get on your zoom call we're gonna there's, still do there, our lesson there, now there's no excuse now <laughs> there's no excuse now and i do feel bad right. for them <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i do do i do feel bad for them um yeah. but like your your industry of making drums yeah. What's uh, has there been anything that's been really affected by it? Have you had to like overcome some technical issues that you didn't see coming? Uh, making drums, you know, the hardest part now is just getting stuff. Oh, you fair. Know? yeah. So, so people might, I mean, the good, uh, I guess, side to that is people are a little bit more patient now because we're not really going anywhere, right? So, right, it's, right. Now, like, geez, I, I'm going on tour. I need this drum. Like, I've spent so many years. Like, I've had the business for 27 years, and so many of those have always been everybody needs something next week. I don't know if it's right. the thing, thing with musicians that everybody, we just leave things to the very last minute. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> I'm, geez, I'm leaving, I'm leaving on tour in two days. Uh, can I possibly get this, this bass drum logo head done? And mm-hmm. I would love the challenge, so I would always, you know, try and at least make it happen. But now it's just kind of like it's – I mean, nobody's going anywhere. But that's about the hardest thing right now. It's just getting parts up here for people's drums. It's just it, – I think the whole logistics industry on a lot of levels oh, yeah. is just so backlogged, you know? You know, I was going to ask you this question kind of later, but I think it's kind of come up organically right now. But what is it like – working in an industry where all of your clients are drummers like what are what is something that you've noticed where it's just like everyone that i work with is a drummer so it's just this kind of culture um give me a little bit more to go on there sorry like (laughs) meaning like like you said like a lot of last minute orders because i i think and i've noticed with a lot of like drummers and percussionists i know that sometimes we do leave things to the last minute right (laughs) like kind of that procrastinating kind of culture and you deal with um, you make kits, right? So you deal with a lot of uh, people who are doing the touring and are doing the showing and those types of, you know, people. I just wondering if there was some sort of thing that you're like, man, like just dealing with drummers all the time, this comes up a lot. Oh, or you like mean just, just this interesting just, thing. Just in general. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, okay. So I no, 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 not... still talking like during COVID. What's, what's no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, with drummers. Um, I don't know if this would be just drummers, but I mean, because I deal most of the time with drummers, I think just probably the same for, I mean, drummers need things. Like we have a lot of consumables, drum heads, right. you know, sticks. Um, yeah, I just find, you know, drummers, if, okay, if we're just going to categorize drummers. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> everything just gets, that's one of my kind of pet peeves with us is, yeah, we tend to have these ideas and, you know, try and make it happen in the last, you know, couple of days <laughs> or, and I don't know, it's maybe that's just a creative process that never gets shut off. Cause I know lots of times I'm like, Oh, you know what? We should have done this to the drum kit. Like you can do all the playing you want, but things come up along the way, you know? And Oh, I'm, I'm the exact same way. I'm the exact right. same way. Yeah, yeah. You get closer to the tour, you get closer to a performance and all of a sudden you get this great idea. Like, Hey, why don't we, or for a drummer, it could be, <laughs> man, I'd love to add on two more things, this to my kit or two cymbals or yeah. a, I never thought about a bass drum head. So, I don't know if that's just poor planning or that our minds just never stop creating and coming up with cool ideas. And, and I, and I know that's probably a lot of it is just guys having last minute ideas, but again, oh, yeah. when it go, comes back to the, or goes back to the consumables sticks and heads and all the things you're going to need for tour one. Yeah. They just maybe didn't plan, but two, you know, I've dealt with so many bands where there's just no money. Right. So, yeah you know, you've got money, you've got the ability to plan and to get your stuff in and store it away. And when you need it, you can use it. Um, you know, so there's, there's that element too, but yeah, just, just a lot of last minute, whether you want to call it ideas or just poor planning. <laughs> I, think, I think that's so funny. Cause like yeah. all the time I get, and I like, don't get me wrong. I really don't like generalizing people based on their instruments, mm -hmm. but there's just some, every so often something happens where I'm just like, I mean, is that cause I'm a drummer? You know what I mean? Right. Or is that because <laughs> of this or, and, and it's so yeah. true. There's so many times where we'll be like marshalling for a parade with like crash. I'm like, Oh, you know what we should have done? Right. Like the day before the day before an event, be like, Oh, we should right. totally do this. And then it's like, can I pull it off in the next, you know, 18 right. hours. Okay. Let's right. do it. Let's just try it. <laughs> and you know, I Always think, that. I think I would, uh, I would bring a lot of that stuff onto myself because I always, I love a challenge and I, and you know, the longer you're in business and the, and the more you're dealing with people and different companies, the more apt you are to make things happen in a real hurry. Cause Oh, hang on. I know a guy I can just go over here and, sure. and you know, so I think just as you get into business a little further that, you know, you maybe you lose some of that. I know I've, I've lost some of that. It's like, I'll still give it my best, but I used to kill myself to try and get things done just because now I've taken on it. It's a challenge for me. Can I make this happen as a, as a business owner? And you want to, you want to make people happy too, right? Like, Oh man, I didn't, yeah. didn't think you could pull this off and you did. And, you know, that also boosts your business a little bit. So there's lots of little facets to it, right? Oh, yeah. There's, so. there's always that kind of like internal battle of now that I've thought of this cool thing, mm -hmm. is it a disservice to not do it? Right. But but also, they never even knew I was going to do that thing. <laughs> so it's like, if I can't pull it off, <laughs> right. you know, no one's going to be mad at me. It's right. just it's like, ah, oh, 
but they would love it. And it's just like, oh, man, right. do, I, that, do I have that, time? Yeah. <laughs> that's just the artist in us. That's, we're always, I just think we're always creating and always trying to make it the best it can be. So totally. Yeah. But it's so true. But, but I think touring and consumables and all that kind of stuff, I think a lot of it just comes down to money. Guys just don't have yeah. the money to, okay, I know I'm going on tour in a month, so I need these this many heads and sticks. It's you're always, I always used to deal with you know, guys that would uh, rob Peter to pay Paul type thing. You know, like can't really afford mm. this, but I can't afford not to have it too. Right. So sure. I mean, that's, the, you know, honestly, cause I've never toured as like a, uh, like a drum set, like a kit musician or anything like that. So mm -hmm. I, I've never had to, to think that far ahead of being like, Oh, I'm oh. going to be gone. Like I should be stocked up. I always felt bad for uh, like, I, I used to deal with a lot of hardcore drummers and these guys would break three, four pairs of sticks a night. You yeah, know, you, and you and I had this conversation once yep. and, and you and I are on the same page of like, how are you doing that? Yeah. <laughs> well, that I've, yeah, I've, I've never, I mean, you know, the, the, the music itself required a ton right. of, a ton of energy, a ton of angst, right. To get, to get it across. And it's like, I don't know, somewhere between, you know, guys just hitting so hard, maybe a lack of technique and a lack of just not, knowing you know so guys would come in using 5a sticks and they can't you know i keep breaking my sticks are these sticks under warranty it's like well no hang on it's like it's not the stick it's got to be the player right so it's like what you might want to do you know like show me how you play and they sit down the kit and just start mashing and be like there's no there's no way in heck a 5a sticks good you should have like a 5b to a 2b in your hand Right. Playing the way like you play. no one's no one's surviving that. Nobody nobody's surviving, right? So <laughs> yeah. so I think it's just like a lack of knowledge and technique and you know, same with symbols. Like I just, guys would go through three hundred dollar symbols and you know, then I would see the way they set them up. So there's there's the knowledge, not knowing that, oh, okay, I should right. angle my symbol down a little bit so the impact of the stick is spread over a larger area uh, as opposed right, to the, right. the three quarters of an inch at the very edge that I'm hitting. Uh, right. So, yeah, but I used to feel sorry for guys because, you know, they used to have to, you know, get $50 for a band going and playing with eight other bands on a bill. And, well, yeah, yeah. And going, and they're going through, you know, drumsticks have gone way up, but drumsticks have always been around the $10 range. So there's, you know, the drummers, you know, spending $30 a night, playing with the band and broken cymbals and drum heads. So yeah, it's, you know, there's just, I've always dealt with guys that need stuff, but there's just, there's no money there. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's good. It's a good point though. Right. The people might not realize that how, like, you know, we, we like often when you're starting, especially mm -hmm. um, and a percussionist and you're going out to different venues and you don't own a lot of your own stuff, right? Like you're just borrowing whatever's there, but mm -hmm. we do go through stuff. We go through heads, we go through sticks, right? Mm -hmm. Like my mallet bag alone as a percussionist, right? Like that's expensive. Oh yeah. So it's just filled with all these different, you know, you need like a million different types of mallets for all the different things you're going to do, right. including, you know, bows and <laughs> right. like triangles and like the little things, right? They add up. So even though I don't, own the marimba or the timpani or whatever we're still buying stuff always buying stuff always it's still an expense you know, always like yeah. i look at i look at bass players i don't know you know change their strings once every couple of weeks or once a month if they're playing lots you know 
Like right. that's 30, 40 bucks. I don't know for a set of strings. Same with a guitar player, maybe, you know, changes strings once every 10 gigs or, I mean, depending on what kind of player you are and how much you care and how much money you have. But there's just, I think just in a lot of other instruments, there's just not the, the consumable expense that drummers incur. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's you know, and it, it, oh. kind of, you know, it kind of reminds me of like my dad, my dad's, uh, you know, like he plays hockey and he was a, he's a goalie mm-hmm. and it's just like kind of similar, just like the goalies just got so much more equipment, you know, and there's mm-hmm. so much more things to take care of and so much more things to replace and blah, 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 blah. And everyone else on the ice is just like, Oh, I get a stick every, a new stick every so often. Right. And my dad's like, Oh, like my shin guard is all messed up. My you know, glove and like my helmet's like so much more expensive than everyone else is like just all that stuff. Well, and you know, you're bringing up a really good, um, uh, subject here and that is that you know there's a certain type of personality I guess that yes. that wants to be a drummer and I'm going to relate it to being a goalie because it's like you have the most stuff you know you're typically the first person in the last person out uh, you know for yep. you know you're taking all the looks and all the all the crap you know if the tunes fall on a part or it's got to be the drummer's fault right it's sped up you're you're playing the song too fast yeah but you're the guitar player and you you started it you know but so yeah i'm making this relation to a goalie because the same thing you know like you could um you know the the let in three goals and lose the hockey game you know who does everybody blame oh it's the goalie's fault he let three goals in well what about the poor defense and you know like so absolutely, there is definitely a connection between goalies. Like I used to say, like a lot of people that used to come into my store were hockey players, and a lot of the hockey players that were drummers uh, were goalies as well. Yeah, uh, you know, it's so funny because I've, I've made this connection before, yeah. so I'm glad someone else agrees with me. Yeah, no, it's it, it's uh, yeah. So it's interesting. It, it is because I, you I, go, why would you want to be a goalie? Why would you want to be a drummer? Why would you want to carry all that crap? Yeah. yeah. And all that expense and all that, you know, so there's it, definitely, but it's just, definitely a passion. We're our own breed. Yeah. Yeah. A passion. A passion mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd love to uh, just kind of like dive a little bit into, into Paul at the birth of you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Going way, way back 27 years now. 27 yeah. years, which is amazing. Yeah. That, so that means, and I, I don't want to upset you in any way, but that means that you started U-Drum when I was one year old. Oh, old. boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're you're about the same age as Brett, my son. Yeah. And that's why I started the business. If you want to go right back to it and talk about births, it was... Yeah, right, right, right. I've always, I've played for, I've been a professional musician for 38 years. And, um, you know, so we bought a house and... Brett was on the way and that's when I decided, Oh geez, I better go, you know, get maybe a real job. So I got a job being a (laughs) maintenance guy. And from day one, I absolutely hated it. It was kind of like, Oh, what have I done? But I'm also thinking, well, you know, consistent paycheck, I got to pay for a mortgage now. And my, you know, child is coming. And so you just put your head down and just, but hating it every more every day so i think i just got to a certain point where i had to kind of marry the two of okay i don't want to be away touring and playing because i've got a family now um so but i but i want to stay in the music business i don't want like a maintenance construction job just wasn't me 
So yeah. I just thought of some way I could bring the two of them together. So I just started this drum business. And actually, the first real job I did was for Lori's dad's um, high school out in Mississauga. Yeah, okay. he was he was head of music out there, and he hired me to do my first job. And, of course, if I wanted to get paid for that job, he says, well, you have to have a registered business if you're going to get a check from the school board. And so registered the name U-Drum. Right. And, uh, yeah, so I started – I think I still had my other job, but started the business out of my in my townhouse laundry room. So it was, a, yeah, <laughs> awesome. it was about 12 by 10 you know, rims yeah. hanging from the ceiling and parts up on shelves. And, and I just got, a, like, I never threw anything away. I was a pack rack when it came uh, to drum parts, never threw anything. away. Right. And I got a reputation for go see Paul. He might have that part. And I would have guys over and sure enough, a lot of the time would have the part they were looking for to fix up their drum or drum set. And then, uh, yeah, then it just got to be a little too much being at home. And I looked for my next little space and I ended up renting the basement of my doctor's office. Uh, Where was um, that? that was at Drury Lane and Caroline, right across from the wine. Oh, oh, that's yeah. right. Yes, I did. I, I don't mean I, I wouldn't remember you there, but I remember you telling yeah. me you were there. Yes. And that's, uh, and I was always just looking for space because at this point it was, it was becoming more of a, uh, destination place. I didn't need like a storefront or uh, you just needed space to just work. needed a, pl a place to work. You just and the thing the thing is when you just are doing one instrument, it's it's um, you know it's not a lot of money in one instrument. So I was always trying to sure. find <clears throat> space that was just not a lot of money. So I think I my doctor charged me a hundred dollars a month. <laughs> it's just like so yeah and it, and it was it was, <laughs> even it was just a, and you know the houses there's just this kind of dreary basement with a concrete uh or you know stone foundation almost and but it was just you know started selling drums fixing drums from there and then i got into retail and i was just so naive about retail not knowing that well you know in retail there's protected lines you know you can't get a product that another store is is caring because they've got storefront and anyway so i started uh ordering in drum kits like you know westbury beginner drum kits yeah and i got i got my westbury from you oh well, there you go uh thank yeah. you <laughs> yeah you're welcome <laughs> I, was, I, I was uh how old was i tw tw 11 12 oh like, wow maybe? yeah amazing yeah um yeah there you go so anyways so I got into retail and started ordering these drum sets and they, you know, the truck would come and drop them off and I'd take them downstairs, take them out of the box, put them together and not think anything of it. And I think I sold just a ton of them. All of a sudden one day I get a call from my sales rep and he's like, Hey, uh, you know, my name's Dave. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard a little bit about your business and noticed you're buying some stuff from us. I'd love to come by and see your store. I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. So I tell, give him the address and, you know, how to find it. So you got to go in the parking lot, go around back, down this covered stairwell into the, into the basement. <laughs> and he comes in. He's like, you can't sell drums from here. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you're not even a retail store. This is like a basement. And you're like, you've got drum line. <laughs> so 
So I go, well, that's, that's weird because I've sold a lot of these, man, over – he goes, well, yeah, well, it's weird. It's weird you're saying I yeah. can't do that. He goes, uh, well, how many have you sold? I go, I don't December alone, I think I probably sold 35 or 40. What? What? Because wow. like, I knew a lot of people in music and, you know, sure. and people, if they had a young son or daughter that was getting into drums, people would just go, oh, just go see Paul, right? He'll try and hook you up with something. And that's the way it was. That's why I didn't need a storefront. I just, and then every gig I played, I handed out business cards and really pushed the business and um, always talking it up, which I think is is the best form of advertising. It's just just letting people know what you do. So, oh my gosh, M- most of my business comes through my yeah. Mom. Well, right there, and 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 what a great person to have on your side, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. So, but anyways, honestly. that's that's where the uh, and then I think he just re you know, rethought the whole thing and went, okay, well, if you can sell that many drum sets and then it just, yeah. Then in the back of my buddy's paint store and then, you know, the infamous uh, drum store in the basement of the plaza up and water down behind the bowl, behind yep. the bowling alley, past the water meter. Like it's, again, I've always just looked for cheap space, something that was nice, but still enough dirt on the floor where people felt like they, like you weren't shopping at Walmart. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, it never felt that way for sure. It was, I was also just like such a, such a homey kind of like, you like, you know, when you go into a space, yeah. and you're like, this, like, I'm home right. in this space. And that, that's, that's what, what I always want. try to create because that's what I was like. And in the music stores, I liked, I just loved it to be organized enough where you could find your stuff, but also a little disheveled where you feel like you're, <laughs> where you're, you're getting a deal or you're going to find something that you've been looking for for a long time. It's not, so Walmart. Well, like I remember when my mom uh, would take me to your shop and that was before I worked with you in that first mm-hmm. summer in high school. So this was just like before I was really behind the, the curtain. Right. And I, I would come in and I just remember thinking it was so cool, like looking around because I could see the product and the stuff that I could buy, but like I could see what you were mm-hmm. working on too. And I just love that. I love being able to see like the tools were out and like, there's like a drum kit, you were like a half done kit. And just like seeing what they look like in all stages of being built. Um, but then I was going there to like, you know, buy some symbols or I was going there to buy. Well, you, you know, it's also fun for me to hear that from you because you never see yourself the way other people see yourself or no. what you're doing. Like, you know, your business, you just go in there and put your, you're yeah, so, in you're so inside of it. Uh, I always draw the same parallel to, it's like, you know, your mom's sandwiches always taste better than the ones you make and put in your lunch, right? Like, it, uh, right, you're just right. too close to it. You know what I mean? Um, that may be a bad comparison, but... Um, <laughs> My mom doesn't make good sandwiches. Right, there you go. So it's a good one. Um, but, but, you know, it's... Uh, I don't know. It's just great to hear, you know, like, there's so many people that came into the shop that are, are your age now that uh, came in and you just have a different perception of what was going on. Like for you, seeing the half finished drum kits and the, you know, the, the other, the symbols and the drum heads and all this stuff around, like, you know what I mean? You walk in and, yeah. and that's what I was trying to create. It was just something where people didn't feel intimidated, I guess, you know? To- oh my gosh. And, and, and honestly also, I mean, it's probably because I knew you and it, that helped mm-hmm. a lot too, but being being a mm-hmm. girl right that right. was drumming 
And anytime I went into a shop, you always felt out of place. I always had to grab, I always felt the need to like grab a pair of sticks and just rip out a pad <laughs> for a little bit. So people knew that I, right. I knew what I was doing. Like, you know what I mean? Like I felt like I needed to do that to prove myself. But like, whenever I went into your shop, I didn't feel that way at all. And I, I think that, you know, that also came from like my mom and dad saying, well, this is Paul. Like, you know, we, like we know Paul yeah. and Lori, like they're, you know, they're fr- friends and blah, blah, blah. And going in and you were just like, well, she can drum. I, I just, mm-hmm. I just know she can. Yeah. Well, I, and I'm really happy to hear that. You know, because, uh, again, you know, you never, you try and come across that way and you try and have your business sure. a certain way. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, hopefully it's working. But again, to get affirmation from somebody that kind of grew up in the business and went, yeah, this, this is what it was to me. And it, it's, it's honestly a lot of fun right now because there's so many people coming in again that were 12 and 10 and, you right. know. And they're now 35 and, you know, have their own house and their own studio now. And they're buying drums for a whole nother reason. Like it's, you know, so. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I think that it's really cool to kind of see that evolution. Actually, you know what? I, I wasn't even thinking about this, but have you noticed um, a, like a growth in like more female drummers yes. since you started? Absolutely. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Great. And I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it's social media, you know, just the awareness. Uh, around right. around the world yeah. it's like you know i used to teach i used to teach i think 40 students a week and and i had a few wow. i had a few um female students and they were always the best ones they were yeah <laughs> I mean, I right <laughs> like I, I don't i don't know they're just again maybe more organized and i don't know and there's always a bit of, I think, of a fire to prove ourselves, you know? And I think that kind of, like, you know, I never, I, I, I know for me, at least, when I was, like, a, a teenager, right, when you're right in the thick of being mm-hmm. self-conscious about things, right? And I was just like, well, I'm, I'll be damned if I'm the worst person in this room. You know what I mean? Like, I will never right. be the worst in this room. And it was just kind of always that feeling of, like, I'm, like, you know, I don't care if I'm the best, like, I want to try to be, but I just need to be, prove that, like, I can play with everyone. Like, I can mm-hmm. keep up, right? And, and you uh, did. I mean, of course, that, you know, results in, in good work. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it results, results in a lot of hard work. Like right now, I, I mean, I don't know the last time you saw the Teen Tour drumline, but it's like at least a third oh, great. of girls. Yeah. I think it's, it's awesome. We have this, we have just like the best baseline right now. This baseline hmm. just rips. That's, that's great. <laughs> We're doing intense runs. That's great. Oh news. yeah, it's great. <laughs> it really is. It's awesome. So, and, and, and in juniors too, right? Like you just want to kind of just, the more girls they see, the more that feel like, oh, I can do that. And That's for sure. There's there's a lot of that. Is, 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 I think just so many walls are being broken down as to this is just for guys or just for girls, right? Like that, the whole world has kind of changed in that respect that just, yeah. just go out and do whatever you want. Like if, 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 if you, you know what I mean? If, yeah. if you're, yeah. if you're good at drums, great, go for it. Don't let anybody tell you you can't you can't do it or you don't belong there or, you know? So uh, I, I think it's just, uh, I think it's a great thing. Yeah. I mean, it just, yeah. Cause I, I, you know, I, that's one of the things too, where it's just like, you know, I see it, but I just wanted to like, you know, you're building drum sets for people all the time. Just wondered if like you're getting more girls, which is awesome. I do think it does like social media is pretty huge. And when, I remember when I was growing up and I'd flip through like mm. drum magazines and I would just, I would always stop at the pages that had a girl on it and I'd be like, right. Oh, Awesome. But I mean, there was never that many. And like now online, like I follow like so many female drummers 
right? And it's like, I never had that when I was a kid to be able to just follow them or look them up on YouTube, right? We didn't have YouTube well, when I was a kid. And again, it's just, it comes down to awareness. And I mean, I, that's one thing I love yeah. about uh, Instagram right now is I'll, I'll just punch in drummers. And, you know, there's just so many great drummers, male and female, you know, like that you have oh, yeah. access to. And, um, yeah, it was just, gosh, it was just, uh, have you heard of that ANF uh, drum company? I think, uh, they make really unique snare drums and, and drum kits, but they obviously endorsed okay. somebody and where was she? Latvia, I think. And man, it was just a little clip of her playing. I'm like, holy moly, like so good, you know? And I, <laughs> yeah, it was just so, so good. good. And but I think it's it's past the point where I'm even looking at whether the drummer's male or female. There's just so, so many great sure. drummers, and it, oh, it just doesn't even matter, you know. Like, no, I know it's it's definitely getting to a point where it's just it, it's just you're seeing it so often, like you know, it's just yep. like, oh, another great drummer. Yep, and I, yeah. and I think it'll be yep. one of those things somewhere down the road we won't even be talking about it or putting it in the categories, you know. Oh yeah, it'll be just. Honestly, yeah. that be well, I'm, I really see that's where the world's going, you know, like. Oh, I, I think yeah. so too. I think that'd be amazing. And Absolutely. Well, I mean. Sorry. No, I was just going to no, say the one thing I've noticed, about, you know, going back to the COVID thing is how many like, you know, for us in the drum industry, it's just been when the music industry in general, it's, it's just been. For you know, for for a lot of stores, just this downhill slide, right? Not, I guess, not as many people in the music, yeah. or, but I've I've noticed a real kind of rebirth for people picking up instruments over this whole COVID thing because we've got the time and we're home. And I mean, I've probably had one of the better years I've had in ten or fifteen years during. It, it's it's yeah. pretty impressive, really. Like that, because like this is what you know. I always preach to people is all the time every time I perform every time I'm working with you know kids or whatever parents come up to me aunts and uncles come up to me and they say man you know I always I always wanted to learn the drums and my saying is always what are you dead right. <laughs> go, go do it then and it, right and I you know all the time and people always put it off they always well, you know whatever and then this mm -hmm. time of being bored yeah people are starting to pick up pick up stuff they had a guitar in their attic they're starting to yes. play it, right like, and, that, and that's what I'm seeing so that's that's bringing you know just a lot more people into the world of drums, whether guys or girls or uh, older. I mean, I think you, your, your, your business, yeah. um, you guys go in and work with the seniors a little bit, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, don't know, I just see so many positive things coming out of this, this time just for everybody, seniors, girls, guys, like people are just getting back into music and finding that almost the roots of it again i don't know it's the way it feels to me totally. um i don't know maybe that's i'm just thinking about it more now but i i've just <laughs> i've just sold a lot that's of true. a lot of drums this year a lot and i've had a lot of interest too so that's awesome i'm really happy to hear that because i was really curious as to like if people were even buying right like and, yeah and that's it's, i mean i've, I've kind of gone back to uh the way I started the business, like I'm still building a lot of drums and doing, doing repairs. Um, but I'm actually doing right. a lot of like uh, flipping a drums, you know, so th there are some people right, you know, right. that have had drums sitting in their basement and 
forever. And they're, you know, so there's that one aspect where people are actually cleaning their houses out because they're home all the time and they're purging and getting stuff out. So I'm starting to see a lot of drum kits surf coming to the surface that maybe sat in basement for 30, 40 years. And then again, on the other side, there's a lot of people going, Hey, I've always wanted to play drums. That would be cool. So I've kind of picked up on that end of the business and I'm going to get the drums, fixing them up, maybe new heads, cleaning them, uh, fixing a few parts and right. then putting them back out. So there, but there's, I guess my point in all this is there's a lot of people buying drums. So yeah. So, that's that's so just awesome. the COVID thing and so people great. just deciding, you know, geez, yeah, I'm, I'm bored. I've always wanted to play drums. You know, now's the time to do it. Right. So well, you know, and, and and a part of that too, at least I know for my students, is a lot of them have gone out and gotten like, you know, rented a kit or um, one kid was able to like, he put together this Frankenstein kit just from like right. friends of his mom's that had things around the house and he's made a <laughs> drum set and I gave him a bass drum and he made a drum, he made a drum yeah. set basically. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is awesome. But it, I think a lot of it comes from the fact that we, all of my students, when they would, you know, we'd come over, we'd talk about rudimental stuff. They'd have their pad and their sticks at home. But then they were able to play the drums when they came mm-hmm. to to my studio. But now they can't do that. So now it's like, well, how do we progress with your drum kit playing if you don't even have a drum kit? So I, I'm giving them all the advice on like, okay, well, let's just set up a fake thing, like using the buckets or whatever, mm-hmm. just to at least get the motions right to feel the movement of it and blah, blah, blah. And and then a lot of the, the parents are like, can I just get my kid? Like, can I just rent a kit somewhere or like see if they like it and then buy one? And I was just like, mm-hmm. I, my gosh, that's the dream. Well, so, then, yes. that was a huge part of my business way back in the day is people would come in, same concern. Well, I don't want to go and spend X amount of dollars on a drum set and then have them not, or lose interest in it. It stacks in the corner, which happens to a lot of, yeah, all the time or to a lot of drum kits. Right. So, and that's why I would say, Hey, you know, rent it for three months, give it a try, take some lessons. I mean, you don't know unless you try if, if, if they're cut out for a musical instrument. Right. You can you can talk about it all you want, but yeah. not until you know you have to go take some lessons and you have to start working on stuff that you know. Okay, my son or daughter's right into this, or they're not. So yeah, that was a huge part of my my business at the very beginning was renting. I probably had 30, 40 rentals mm-hmm. going at one time. So wow, that's awesome. I mean, it is a really good. That is a good, like, industry, like I can see that mm-hmm. being a good kind of business. Well, you in. know, I mean, most of the money for, for music stores I've found over the years, <clears throat> most of the money's in lessons, you know, lessons and, yeah. and just, you know, new students coming in and renting instruments and, you know, taking the lessons and yeah. So it's, totally. uh, but you know, it's, uh, there's different aspects all the way up the line. Again, most of the drums I build for people now are 40 and up. So it's it's people that have always you know they're yeah, right they're established they're established they've been playing drums their whole life yeah. and I've always wanted to create my own kit or create my own snare drum and you know so there's yeah so it's oh man you know what one one day I am gonna create my own snare drum. there we one go. day we're gonna I'm build in. a snare drum <laughs> I'm into it. I would love that. Like, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think I, well, I know for a fact that I'm not a kit player enough to have the literacy to like mm-hmm. care for a custom drum set. You know what I mean? Like I, I, to me, I, I don't think I would notice too much, Like, right. but a snare drum I would. And so I would love, and I've always loved the look of a kit where it's like, yeah, the kit's all this and the snare totally drum is clearly yeah. something custom and different. Yeah. I love that look. I'm just like, Oh, that like, and then just being like, they cared enough to, 
like yeah. put some extra thought into their snare. Yeah, drum, it's, right? it's kind I of its own awesome. little entity, you know. Like it's uh, people go, "Oh, why doesn't your snare yeah. drum out?" Well, it's you know, like it's not supposed to. Be. It's kind of like its own little voice, <laughs> right? So, yeah. It's like the snare drum. Oh, you mean Harold? Yeah, this is Harold. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, oh, that's, that's most of what I'm selling now are uh, our snare drums. You know, like there's a lot of drum kits out there. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of boutique drum uh, businesses like myself. So there's a lot of, you know, guys have found their kit. They don't, you know, normally go through kits with cymbals, snare drums. Like those are things we're always looking to try a new set of hi-hats, a new snare drum, maybe maybe a new bass pedal. Right, but right. Drum drum kits themselves, kind of once you find your kit, you might change this, you know, the drum heads or dampen a little bit different moon gels, whatever. Um, that that's your kit. That's your that's your your comfort zone. You know, everything else is, is interchangeable yeah, right, right. to get that because snare drums like so much stuff comes off of. So much of your vibe on your kit comes off of that snare. Like, is it tight? Is it loose? Right. That's right. how you play. Yeah. It's the most personal drum on the kit. Totally. So that's uh, totally. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I and, love that. And it's, it's, uh, it's so that's me. I've kind of turned most of my um, energy or attention to snare drums. So a few kits every now and then, but but definitely uh, definitely snare drums because. There's so many different sounds. And what I'm starting to do on Instagram now is some of the snare drums I'm building. I'm just doing like little snare demos. So people people can hear how sensitive it right, is. Right. Is it dark? Is it heavy sounding? Is it light? Is it, you know, not sensitive? Like it's, again, there's just so many little aspects to the snare drum that can make it, you know, good for one person and not good for the next guy, you know, so what if you could if you could like just quickly rhyme off what do you think are like the three the three things that impact the sound of the, um, the most shell construction uh yeah the actual right, material so like the actual material uh you know whether it's brass or right. wood and then you know when you get into wood there's you know never ending amount of sure. species that and you know a lot of companies are using you know two plies of this mixed with that and you know vertical plies versus horizontal plies yeah you, you, oh, there's wow. a lot oh, of yeah. different ways you can go with that but yeah so shell material um snare beds and bearing edges so i think a lot of it is just the mm -hmm. interaction between the drum head and the shell so you know if you want uh, right. a darker broader tone you're gonna have um maybe a more rounded uh, bearing edge. Uh, something that's got a little bit more okay. yeah, meat on the top, like not so sharp. Uh, if you want something very articulate, very right. sensitive, maybe something you would use for orchestra. Yeah. You'd probably have a, have a very sharp edge. Right. You don't, because you want that connection between the head and the shell to be pretty precise. Um, yeah. in snare beds, again, just, you know, how the drum company, does the snare beds, you know, the little the little cut into the uh, snare, into the bearing edge allows these snare wires to sit in so they're pulled against the head to create that contact. So again, when you're hitting the top of the head, there's a quick interaction between the head, the head and the snare wires. I just like the sensitivity of it. So 
Yeah, yeah. So shell construction, bearing edges, and snare beds. How wide they are, how deep they are. Um, yeah. Is, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm keeping this all in mind for when uh, we design my own. Yeah. Custom just, snare just, re, just, just yeah. remind me. <laughs> just, just. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to have a sit down. We'll do like a personality test first. Just really, you know, dig right. deep into all, what all my the, all the, all the uh, important stuff for getting the right thing. Yeah, exactly. Do like a Harry Potter like <laughs> house sorting. Like, just really get yeah. into what yeah. my perfect yeah. drum would I mean, be. <laughs> I, go That's ahead. Awesome. Well, no, I, I was just, I was just gonna wrap up. No, so no, I. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, this has been a blast. I've, I've, I mean, I love talking about this. I think, Truthfully, I think, we could talk I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think musicians and, have, have. and drum, drummers especially, uh, there's a real camaraderie there and a real shared interest. And we love yeah. sharing ideas with each other, whether it's playing or, you know, something you found in a, in a drum head or tuning. We're just, we're just cut from that cloth, right? So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Totally. Love talking, and I've I've said this like especially going going to university, um, and and seeing all the little like you know microcosms of the different instruments and the way they interact with each other. And there's always a lot of competition, right? There's always a lot of like I want to be the first, I want to be the whatever. And then in the percussion section, it's just the most friendly environment of like, hey, like right. you know, how do you do that? How do you do that thing? Like you know, you're really good at this. Like I'm good at this, but mm -hmm. you're really good at that. And so and so is really good at this. So like, let's all communicate and figure it out. And it's just like. Such a great environment. Well, you know, it's uh, just it. one last thing. I remember going to drum clinics when they were a big thing, and you'd have 1,200 drummers there. Like, what other instrument has that for, you know, that that kind of support? Like, well, 1,200 people going to watch right. a drummer, you know, in, a, in, a, in an auditorium. Like, it just it, – yeah. I can't think of another instrument that has that. So – it's just, it's, it's can, can you imagine 1,200 singers beast. in an auditorium? It's awesome. Speaking of competition, <laughs> think of the competition that would happen there. Sort all you singers out there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, sorry. I have I have a lot of friends who are singers, too. Oh, but I think that just yeah. really makes it even better. <laughs> like the thought of oh, it. Oh, boy. Makes it even okay, I and my that. mom's a singer, too. So you can't. You can't imagine having <laughs> having twelve hundred of my moms in a room. That would be something else. <laughs> yeah, not so competitive, yes, yes. but definitely overwhelming. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we always end the podcast by the guest uh, telling us something they've been listening mm. to recently, like an album they've really been liking. You know, I uh, my song. brother got me on to Stan Rogers, and and he is like a folk singer. Oh, okay. Um, and he is was born in Hamilton, but. Uh, spent a lot of time or summers out in Nova Scotia. And uh, some of my family from Newfoundland or from the East Coast. So I just, uh, when Lori and I visited uh, Newfoundland three years ago, I just fell in love with the whole vibe out there and the music. And yeah, it's, it really is. Talk awesome. about friendly and, and yeah. camaraderie and, and, you know, support. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I just started listening to Stan Rogers. I just love, you know, even though I'm a drummer, I, I just, I love listening to folk music. Like Stan Rogers, I really like him. Um, City in Color, like, oh, you know, like I just. Yeah. I mean, City in Color was like my, like high school. Like I grew up, like that was one of my kind of, yeah. you know, breaking yeah. up, becoming your own person kind of bands. Well, just because the, the singer songwriter, yeah. I love, I love songs. 
and I love voices and I love just that vibe. So yeah, that's Stan, Stan Rogers is just revisiting yeah. it right now in my workshop. It's all, it's got a real East coast. He's telling stories about, you know, all different facets of Canadians from fishermen to miners to, you know, like it's, you really just feel that uh, vibe of being a Canadian when you're listening to his song. Like it just feels like a lot of stuff that you can relate to, you know? So. Yeah. 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 No, I like that. You know, and if I were to suggest uh, that anyone listen to anything, it would be um, the album that you and I used to always listen to when we were working together, which was uh, Real Big Fish's My Life. Oh, man. Than your life. Uh, hang on. Real Big Fish. Do you remember that one? Is that a ska band? It was like a, yeah, yeah. And they had this live album and they did like a cover oh, right. of like. Take I vaguely remember album. it, but I know the name, but it's, a, yeah, ska band, right? Ska rock band. Because. Yeah, yeah. And you and I listened to that like so many times and just all the banter in between was so funny and goofy. And uh, then my dad and I went on a trip to um, oh, okay. was it Lakehead that I went to apply to. And we listened to it on the way up. And my dad's like, this is a great album. That's a lot of driving on the way back. That's, as that's well. <laughs> Thunder Bay, right? Is that Lakehead? Oh, yeah. Lakehead? Sudbury, sorry. Um, Sud okay. Well, not, well, not so much Sudbury. driving, but yeah, yeah, still, Sudbury. yeah. Still long. Still long. Long enough still, to listen like, to that yeah, album four, a couple of times, right? Real big fan. Okay, I'll have to go back yeah, and revisit yeah. that today because you yeah. just reminded me of because I love that type of music, like the horn, the horn sections, <laughs> and the. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and I was I was really into ska in high school, and, and yeah, we I remember we just listened to that album all the time. Yeah, I, it it's coming back now. Yeah, the banter was was, <laughs> was just as kind of entertaining as the music, right? Yeah, the little jokes and the little things they'd say yeah. about each other. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'll have to, re yeah, have to revisit to revisit too, the uh, real big fish. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, right, no well, problem. Thank uh, you. Paul, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, it's appreciated. Yeah, thanks see so much. And we'll see everyone uh, next time. Bye. Thanks to everyone for listening to this week's episode and thanks to Paul for coming on and uh, sharing all those awesome memories and and just kind of what it takes to, to start a music business where, you know, it's, it's interesting knowing where someone is now all this time later and where I might be in the next 27 years, which is pretty incredible. So thanks again, Paul. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube. We have a lot of stuff up on YouTube right now. All of our quick clips are up there, as well as uh, most of our Fun Fact Fridays and some challenges from the Plate Forward campaign. Uh, we'll see you all next week with another podcast. Bye.